Tonight, the Attorney General seeks up to 25 years imprisonment for Galamse Kingpin Aishawan as he returns to court to challenge the decision of the court to slap four years, six months jail term on the notorious Chinese national. When we arrested her last year, there was no evidence that when she came back to Ghana, she committed illegal mining offenses. No evidence. Did you, did you look for it? Oh, yes. No evidence. But does the AG have the evidence to secure a stiff of punishment? We will examine that. Plus, Forestry Commission points finger at Attorney General's department as case against a contaminating affiliated with MPP Ashanti Regional Chairman stalls. The docket has been sent to Accra and they are going to seek um, advice from the Attorney General's department. And so far, we haven't had any feedback. And Top Story is always brought to you by Vodafone. It was just yesterday that the Attorney General scored a big win, securing the conviction of the Chinese Galamse campaign Aishawan, who was jailed four years, six months. 24 hours on, the Attorney General says he is dissatisfied with the decision of the court and is set to challenge the court, seeking up to 25 years imprisonment for the notorious Chinese national. But it comes after the AG's office had defended the court's decision. Now, listen to the Deputy AG we were explaining on PM Express last night why the court was unable to use the amended act that imposed a minimum of 20 and a maximum of 25 years for the crime Ashawan was convicted of. Now, you know, jurisprudence, the time that you commit an offense is the very time that you use when you are being punished. So if you commit an offense in 2015 and the punishment then was punishment. Why? And you are tried in 2020, when, where that law has even been repealed. Per our laws, when it comes to punishment, you cannot be punished under the new law, but rather the existing law at the time that the person committed the offense. In this particular case, Ashawan committed the offenses between February 2015 and May, May 20, uh, 2017. Mm. And 995 came into force in 2019. So obviously, 995 is out. Now, if you look at our constitution, Martin Pebble, I think you may have to look at that. Article 19.6, if I may be permitted to read here. So, no penalty shall be imposed for a criminal offense that is severer in degree or description than the maximum penalty that could have been imposed for that offense at the time when the offense was committed. Which, which act is it? Article 19.6 On the, in the constitution. of our constitution. So, it's so clear. In our constitution, if you are being punished, we look at the law at the time that you committed that particular offense. That's why it's not, it's, it's not alone. If you look at our Interpretation Act, which is Act 792, Section 35.2e, it's also the fact that when any act is repealed, 
or substituted. When it comes to punishment, you cannot punish more than what you had in the existing law. However, if the new law has reduced the punishment, you should punish the person under the new law. That is our law. And it is so clear, Article 96, then Section 35, 2E of our Interpretation Act. So the judge actually digested these two provisions and came to a conclusion that she had no option than to punish Asha one under. So this boiled down to when the crime was committed. Exactly. So let me ask then, Aisha was rearrested in 2020. So, so when we rearrested her, why didn't we use the new law, the amended act, which was passed in 2019? When we arrested her last year, there was no evidence that when she came back to Ghana, she committed illegal mining offenses. No evidence. Did you, did you look for it? Oh, yes. No evidence. As I speak, if there's any evidence that when she came back, she was engaged in illegal mining. That would have been another She was arrested some, somewhere in Ashanti in, region. In September, in Ashanti region. In Ashanti region. Yes. It's, she was definitely, I mean, without even knowing what the evidence the, the law must is, have been involved in some form of illegal mining. The law is about evidence, but no speculation. Do you have evidence that when he came, she came back in 2022, she was into illegal mining? The state must find the evidence. We didn't get it. Did the police investigate it? Nothing of that sort. Did you, did you just automatically just use the... Uh, the old offense. You see, let me give you this information. This is a case where citizens of this land actually helped us in prosecuting this lady. We have farmers, about six of them, who came to testify that Ashawan came to them, bargained with them for their land, sometimes one acre, half acre, for her to do illegal mining activities. Mm. Apart from these pieces of evidence, immigration also came in. They dealt with the issue of immigration. And if I, in this particular matter, immigration did so well. Because they arrested her in 2018, and thereafter she was sent to court, and then she was deported, then she came back. But when she came back, not a centre of evidence exists that she engaged in illegal mining. But prior to 2022, when she was deported, there was enough evidence. And that's why we decided that we must prosecute her based on the evidence available. You don't go to court without evidence, only for you to be defeated in court. Deputy Attorney General uh, there on PMX explaining why the trial judge had no other choice than to impose the uh, four-year, six months instead of what, of course, some people had called for, which is a maximum of 25 years imprisonment for Aisha Wan. In fact, yesterday uh, at the Joy News National Dialogue on Illegal Mining, there was criticism. Listen to Ken Ashigbe, who raised the point exactly about um, his expectation that more should have happened in this case. One of the points that have to be made is about this lady judge that's handling this case. Right from the onset, considering Aisha Wang as a flight risk, mm -hmm. the positions she took and the fact that she was very nationalistic in the doing of her job, you just have to position her against the judge. I think it was one quest in Takwa who prosecuted uh, well, on, the, on whose court the prosecutors of four Chinese people and she and he in sentencing these foreigners sentenced them to the minimum sentence for Ghanaians you know just a, center, uh, a fine of 2,400 uh, Ghana cities 
and seeing that finally we have got some, uh, some conviction. My only pain is that apparently when we re-arrested Aishawang, we still were prosecuting her under the old law. And my question I ask is that when she was re-arrested, coming back again, was there, I think that was one of the charges. And then did she not get involved in any mining activity for which then the charges should have been under the current uh, uh, punishment regime. So yes, it's great that we've seen some prosecution of somebody who is not just one of those people we find uh, in the forest reserves, and we've been able to get to the point to the point where we're getting to. Um, and I agree with uh, Nana when he talks about getting to the basis and finding out why this thing is happening. But I, and again, when the doc talks about the fact that we're going to get, go into an election next year, and if you look at what has happened, the sinusoidal dances we've been doing, and we are confronted with such grave challenges as a country, but I don't think we, we are passionate enough. And the Forestry Commission, unfortunately, I don't believe you're doing enough you know, to, to really be able to resolve the issues. Well, we also heard from former uh, Environment Minister, uh, Professor Frimpong Boateng, on this subject, and he also wanted more. I believe that the law was changed. And the minimum sentence was supposed to be 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I know. Thank you. <laughs> so it should have been 15 years instead of what we had? Minimum. Okay. Uh, the Attorney General has been responding to that. Yes, uh, the Office of the Attorney General has not been very, very happy. You know, the issue of Galamse has become very topical. And so people were expecting that uh, Aisha Huang would have gotten a stiffer punishment than what she got. And so the statement here reads that the Attorney General has been drawn, um, the Office of the Attorney, or the attention of the Office of the Attorney General has been drawn to various misleading comments by some sections of the public in reacting to the judgment. The AG hereby respectfully entreat members of the public, including lawyers, to be mindful of the facts stated above and desist from comments which not only jeopardizes the sound and efficient administration of justice, but also undermine the fight against illegal mining. In fact, the next paragraph states that the Attorney General expresses appreciation for the relatively swift manner, a little over one year in which the justice has been dispensed in this case. It underscores the commitment to the punishment of illegal mining offenses. And here is a big one. Whilst applauding the efficiency of the justice delivery system witnessed in the Aisha Wang case, the Attorney General will, however, test the soundness of the decision of the trial court to punish the accused person under Act 900 by filing an appeal at the Court of Appeal against the sentence in a bid to ensure that the new sentencing regime required by Act 995 is applied to the accused person and is signed by the Attorney General Godfrey Yabwadami. And uh, this statement, the, the, the earlier part of it, just reiterates the point we had from uh, Tian Yibwa, who is the Deputy Attorney General, explaining why the judge had no choice than to use the uh, the 2015 Act. Exactly. because imposed a maximum sentence of up to five years. Because uh, he indicates that the crime was committed uh, during that period when the new amendment to the Minerals and Mining Act had not taking place and so they had no option than to use that one in prosecuting Aisha Wang. Okay, thankfully we can speak to the Attorney General uh, Gofer Yobadami who joins us right now. Thank you sir for your time here on Top Story. 
Thank you very much, Evans. Great to have you. And um, good evening to your cherished listeners. Uh, what changed? Yesterday, we had your deputy explain why the judge had no choice. Today, you want to appeal. What has changed? Hello? Can you hear me? No. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, Evans. Yes, I can hear loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Great. Yes, better now. Y yesterday, we had your deputy explain why the judge had no choice than to use the yep. 2015 Act. Today, you want to challenge that. You want to appeal. What changed? <laughs> what has changed? Well, I think... Um, it is important to note that the judge indeed had legitimate basis for um, sentencing in the manner in which she did. And indeed, if you take a careful look at our statement, we have not sought to harshly criticize her or to raise any serious <coughs> qualms about the decision. So the point we make is that, yes, there's a new sentencing regime, punishment regime, and our respectful view upon a careful consideration of the issues is that the judge ought to have applied the current law because indeed she has been punished today. Yes, the judge had legitimate basis. I say so because of the constitutional provision in Article 19, Clause 6. But that provision itself and the manner in which it ought to be um, construed and applied, for me, lends itself to multiple interpretations. And if you look at the jurisprudence of our court, um, there's a basis for us to question it. And I think. There must be pronouncement by a higher court. So consistent with our quest to ensure that there's finality to this issue and there's clarity as to the kind of punishment that ought to be um, imposed in a matter as serious as this, I think it's worth the while to appeal. So I made the point that, yes, the decision to appeal will just be to test the soundness of the judge's imposition of the sentence. We are happy with the conviction. We are happy with the efficiency with which justice was dispensed in the manner. And the records will show that this is actually the first time an acknowledged campaign of um, Galamsi activities in the country has been successfully prosecuted and has been punished. And I think it is deterrent enough. It will send um, the right note of caution um, to um, all foreign nationals and indeed even nationals of our country who are engaged in such an act. But our view is that the new punishment regime that has been um, put in place by the Parliament of Ghana since 2019 ought to be um, upheld and respected and applied in this case. But, uh, so but how, how, so? how so, considering what your deputy explains, that it boils down to when the crime was committed and that you didn't <laughs> find any evidence? Hello, the line is a little unclear. Yes, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. I mean, I'm just asking, how so, considering the explanation we got from your deputy, that it boils down to when the crime was committed and that you did not have any evidence to suggest that post-2019, when this act came into force, there was any evidence that Aisha Wan had indeed engaged in illegal mining? Yes, but of course, we did not charge Aisha Wan for offenses committed after 2019. I think that, that, that is undisputed. So, so my deputy, with all respect, has not contradicted um, the office in any way at all. My deputy has not said anything different from, from what I'm saying today. Uh, my deputy actually stated the reasons why the judge sentenced in the manner in which she did. And I said, well, yeah, she cannot be harshly criticized. And that is because, indeed, the offenses were committed in 2015. She was all prosecuted. Some were committed in 2016. She was all prosecuted. And then um, it ran up to early 2017 when she was arrested. And, of course, there was prosecution in 2017, but which was terminated in 2018. And then following her re-entry into Ghana, we decided to arrest her and prosecute her for those previous offenses. 
So it is not in doubt that the prosecution was in respect of offenses committed in 2015, 2016. And so really, um, um, in such circumstances, we think that a judge um, may have legitimate basis for sentencing based on, on the sentencing regime prevailing at that time. But another judge could also take a different view, which is that the sentencing regime applicable as the date of conviction is what ought to be applied. Because my view is that to the extent that at 995 are actually repealed all those provisions, it may become a little incongruous for, for and indeed, one material point is that the accused person was actually tried under at 995. And that is why I find it a little incongruous um, or inconsistent to hold that when it comes to sentencing at that point, you are going to apply a different law. I think that is in respect of the law that she was tried under, um, the offenses were charged under at 995 because the old um, um, offenses had been um, repealed by at 995, substituted by at 995. So really, the punishment regime should also go with, with a substitution, in my view. And, and, and that is why I think that there's also a legitimate basis for us to test the sentence of the law. So it's actually consistent with our quest to ensure that we, we go to um, through the the, 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 the the full process, we exhaust the avenue possible to ensure that she is punished as severely as possible. Yes, she's been convicted, no doubt. She's guilty of gallancy offenses, and we are very happy with it. She's been thrown into jail, and I'm sure within the time that we'll be appealing, she will still be in jail. And this, she has been in jail right from the one even before conviction she was in jail. She has never been been released even for one day. Bill was denied all through, and we're thankful to the trial judge. But I think that the severity of the act that she committed really should warrant the imposition of a higher. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Governor, did you say did you say that she was the correctness of the decision by the trial judge? Just just for clarity, Mr. Dami, you say that she was she was tried under Act Nine Nine Five as amended. Hello, pardon me. Did you say she was tried under Act Nine Nine Five as amended? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, that's it. Because at that time, because that's the act that says minimum of twenty, maximum of um, twenty-five. Pardon me. This, that's the that's the act that says minimum of twenty, maximum of twenty-five. 20, yes, yes, minimum twenty years for 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 a non-Ghanaian. But if she was I mean, tried under that act, then it begs the question. I mean, why didn't she get that then? Why was she then sentenced under the twenty? That's why I'm appealing precisely. That's why I I take the respectful view that indeed there's there's a little little basis also for my appeal. Because if, if, and indeed, it is important to note, and sometimes the media is always read, um, have to follow the proceedings quite um, um, seriously. At the point of submission of notice made by the accused persons, the question as to the lawfulness of our charges or the constitutionality of our charges was raised. And the judge ruled that yes, our charges were constitutional were in line with with the constitution. And, and so I think that even the, the lawfulness of our charges has been appealed at the submission of no point stage. Then if goes without saying that the propriety or the lawfulness of sentencing the accused person under that law should also be appealed. That's why I said that I found a little bit in Congress that at the point of sentencing, then the judge would resort to um, the law prevailing in 2015 or 2016 at the time that the offenses were, were committed. But indeed, I have also made a point that I can understand the trial judge in a way because the trial judge clearly was also mindful of the constitutional provision in Article 19 um, and Clause 6. 
which which is to defend that if you sentence a person and at the time that offenses were committed there was in place a law which um gave a much linear or a more lenient sentence then you apply that law article 19 clause says clearly i mean and i think it's very important for me to to to, to quote at this word it says no penalty shall be imposed for a criminal offense that is severer in degree or description than the maximum penalty that could have been imposed for that offense at the time when it was committed so this provision <laughs> raises the the presumption that indeed it is proper <laughs> for a judge to apply a penalty which is not um severer than the one in in place at the time that you are sentencing the person if indeed the actual committed at the time that the 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 law um applying to the offense was was less severe it says no person shall be imposed or no penalty shall be imposed for a criminal offense um that is severer in degree or description than the maximum penalty that could have been imposed for that offense at the time when it was committed so so it, it, i as i said there are two schools of thoughts in 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 all of this the judge yes was entitled to um, take this school of thought which of course mandated the imposition of the penalty prevailing at the time that um the Galaxy offense was committed in 2015 or 2016. And, and but I, I'm also of the view that even if the same judge had also appealed the constitutionality of the lawfulness of our charges, then logically, he should have proceeded to also punish under the same as 995. But, but also, f- further, further clarity, um, Mr. Dami, if she was, if she was, I can hear you, if she was tried under 995, which of course yes. came into force in 2019, yes. is there evidence that she committed crimes post? 2019 when the law came into effect? No, because um, the accused person was um, deported from the jurisdiction in December 2018. And then she re-entered the country. The specific time that she re-entered the country, I mean, uh, is, is a little questionable. But she was arrested on 6 September 2022. And she was not arrested on a mining site. She was not arrested in the act of committing any illegal mining. She was just identified in Kumasi, spotted in Kumasi, and then she was arrested. So in terms of specific evidence of acts that she committed in 2022, really there was none at all. But of course, I mean, I made a promise in nation that yes, she will be tried for previous offenses, all offenses committed, as well as the current offenses that she had been committed. Investigations reveal that properly looking at the situation, the only offense that could be um, preferred against a person instead of act committed in 2022 was the act of re-entering the country mm-hmm. without permission, contrary to the Immigration Act. But, so but, that that, was, but, but that's, but that's, that preci- but that's precisely the and point, right? The Galamso offenses, it's actually the past offenses that she had committed. Yeah, but that's precisely the point, uh, Mr. Dami, that if you don't have any evidence to show that she committed crimes related to Galamse, for example, post-2019, laws don't take retrospective effect. So how do you expect on this appeal to apply the 2019 law when there's no evidence that he, she committed a crime there? Yeah, but that's the point that uh, we have always been talking about right from the beginning. I mean, that's what I'm saying, that indeed that is the basis on which the trial judge um, imposed the punishment in, I mean, applicable. I, I only ask that because you're going on appeal. And I'm on, saying that... On the strength of... And I'm saying, that, I'm saying that indeed the charges preferred against the accused person were under Act 995. 
and the legitimacy, the lawfulness, and the constitutionality of those charges were upheld at the establishment of no case stage. So we succeeded in showing to the court that indeed, notwithstanding the repeal or the substitution of uh, the previous um, um, law by at 995, a case could still be made for her prosecution. And that was done. And I'm saying that if we look at the constitutional provisions, not only Article 19, Clause 6 in isolation, if we look at the provisions as a whole, you punish in respect of an offense, the penalty for which has been treated by the law. And the law that the person was charged with was at 995, and the penalty has been specified in that law. So I think that it is worth the while for us to pursue this to its logical conclusion and to ensure that if it is allowable, the maximum penalty ought to be inflicted on, on, on the accused person. Mm. If the court vacates a contrary view, we may ultimately go up to the Supreme Court, which of course is, is the highest court to pronounce on constitutionality or to pronounce on whether a nice are constitutional or not, to give an interpretation on this issue. And the Supreme Court rules we're bound by it. But I think that is where the war. The most important point is that yes, the accused person was arrested and she was in custody throughout the trial and after the trial um, um, conviction was secured and she was punished and she will be in jail for the next four and a half years and I'm sure we'll exhaust all these processes before the end of the next four and a half years and so we'll get to, to, to know whether the Supreme Court or the Court of Appeal will impose a higher sentence or not if the Supreme Court or the Court of Appeal takes a view that the trial court was right they will be bound by it and the four and a half years will apply it uh, Mr. Dami, while I have you on, yesterday the Forestry Commission Executive Director on the on a separate matter that has become issue of public knowledge because your colleague, Lance and Natural Resources Minister, spoke about it and it relates to Akonta mining, that they were engaged in illegal mining in the forest. The Forestry Commission also confirmed same, the Minerals Commission confirmed same. The Forestry Commission yesterday at our national dialogue on illegal mining says the docket was submitted to your office for advice and since then nothing has happened. Can you tell us what has happened I, I, to this I'm, case? I'm not, I'm, I'm not aware. I'm not, no, I'm not in the position to speak to this issue because personally, I don't have such information. I, I'm, not, I'm not aware. I'm definitely in the position to comment on it. Um, but of course, if, if, if there's basis, I've said time and again, that if there's basis for us to prosecute, um, we sort of a docket that has been built on the back of solid evidence, no doubt we'll prosecute. Recently, um, um, an ITR request was sent to my office by um, Sabri fee also. We responded to it and we indicated that yes, if he has any evidence, clearly he should make a complaint to the CID. I don't know if he has made such a complaint to the CID. So clearly my office is in the position to, and is always willing to prosecute any matter that has been thoroughly investigated. We don't just go to court in, in the expectation that innocent persons will be harassed and not really, um, they'll be released or free at the end of the day. We did not do that at all. Thank you very much. That's the Attorney General, Godfrey Yabuadami, uh, there. And, and thankfully, I have uh, two of the activists on the line and who have been pursuing this matter quite vigorously, both the contaminating matter, but also this Aisha One case. And uh, that's Ken Ashigbe. Of course, he is the convener of the uh, Media Coalition Against Illegal Mining and Martin. But Martin, uh, we've just heard the Attorney General say that the Aisha One was prosecuted on the... Act that was passed in 2019, Act 995. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, so um, it's good that the Attorney General is uh, going on appeal. It will strengthen our jurisprudence. 
Yes, so that's good. It's good, you see, because forget that justice emanates from the people. So where there is a groundswell of disappointment with the, uh, this, the sentence and citizens are asking that why can't we use the new law, it's good to test the law because, uh, Evans, today you are largely talking to me because I've tested a few laws in the Supreme Court. And they went. These were laws that some people told me that, oh, I would not win. I would not win. And lo and behold, I won. So there is no harm in trying. So it's good the Attorney General is saying that he's going to go on appeal. That is good. Let's test the law. Because, and let's not also even forget, look, Evans, when you go to England, and if we have all benefited, the Court of Criminal Appeal, it is actually as a result of complaints made by journalists. That's how a Court of Criminal Appeal was created in England. It was the work of journalists complaining about injustice. And so for us in Ghana, we just copied from the British. But what we need to realize is that it's citizens who complain. Citizens make noise. And out of the noise, then there is some wisdom. So in our democracy, there can never be statements such as people should stop making noise. No. There are, I could give you several other examples. It is out of the complaints of people. Even the Magna Carta, the famous Magna Carta, how did it come about? So you always find that it is when citizens make noise. Sometimes it will look like, oh, that is not the law. Do you know the law? Why don't you go and talk to a lawyer? No, that's not what we are talking about. Justice emanates from the people. So sometimes you can have a clear law, but where it doesn't sit well with the citizens, out of the noise the citizens make, you are able to fashion a new law. So this one, it's good. But, but I mean, Martin, uh, give, give me a quick comment yeah. on the revelation that actually Aishawan was prosecuted on 995. Yes. Yes, that's, that's fine. You, you certainly have to prosecute under 995 because Article 19 uh, Clause 11 says that you can't uh, prosecute somebody when there is no written law, when it is not a crime. Okay? So I'm just paraphrasing. So under 19... Plus 11, you can only prosecute somebody when there is a written law criminalizing a certain conduct. Uh -huh. So if at the time they were prosecuting Aisha 1, the Act 900 had been repealed, you cannot go and use the dead law. Or oh, there are a number of cases. I think there is Banda versus the Republic. It didn't even start today. There are several other cases. But, but, I, guess, but I guess the real question the is, law, but I guess the real question out. is, if it's 995, then why not 20 years minimum and 25 years maximum? Uh-huh. So that is excellent. That's your million-dollar question that the AG is going to test. We are all learning. It's good. Let's wait and see what will come out of the appeal. Uh, and you never know. Even if the appeal doesn't succeed. As I said, the value is in the noise. We must always encourage the noise. So we also want to tell the Attorney General that that part where he said the citizen shouldn't make noise, no. Next time, he shouldn't write that. Look, we've benefited from a lot of noise. It's in the noise... The noise kind of nudge people in authority. You see, it kind of uh, juggles people. Then you rise, you rouse from your, uh, what do you call it, stupor. Like the way Socrates calls himself a gadfly. The gadfly makes noise. You see, the gadfly, when it bites you, then you rise from your stupor. Uh -huh. From, you know, that kind of thing. So noise is useful, okay. very, very useful. And, 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 and Ken, what's your reaction to what we just learned there? I mean, the same question. 995 was used. So why not minimum? You raised the point yesterday. Why not minimum yes. 20? Uh, can I should be, if you may? 
Hello, Ken. Do we have Ken on? Okay, I doubt if we do. Uh, but but also on the on the second subject of our contamining, um, a, a Martin, this is something that you've been pursuing. Yeah. You just had the Attorney General explain to us that they don't, he doesn't know about that case. Although yesterday we heard from the Forestry Commission that the case was sent to the Attorney General's office. In fact, in fact, I've just received clarity. You were on the show on PM Express yesterday when the Deputy Attorney General says he will check and return with, with feedback on whether they have that case or not. He has sent me the, the update. He says they do not have the docket and the docket has not been submitted to the office of the AG. And that the police say they are not done with investigations. So that's the update there, uh, Martin, on Akunta Mining. Evan, the first part of the Attorney General saying that he doesn't know about Akunta Mining. Once again, you see, Attorney General, he should uh, realize that, look, we are 32 million people. Some of these statements don't bode well for our governance. He no, can't well, it, it, was, it was speaking about specifically reference to Akunta Mining. if he had been submitted really? to his office. Then, no, I, no I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure no, that's what exactly. he said. Though. No, that's not what he said. So what, he what, said Exactly. The issue about what the forestry commissioner has said, said that the docket, the docket was, had, exactly. was what he was talking about. So Martin, that's what he was saying, that if the, the docket, as far as the docket is concerned, he can't say if they've, they've seen it. Good. And, and the deputy confirmed, back to this. And the yeah, deputy confirmed like, that they don't have it. My point is so substantially the same, which is that, listen, um, looking at the damage that contaminant has caused us as an AG, 